Welcome to Coffee in the Library. This is a weird episode because we don't have coffee. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll blame the background staff for the uh, <laughs> for mishandling things. Uh, yeah, no one will be fired, but there will be church discipline. <laughs> yeah, you're joining me, Montanberry. I am your host, and we have with us in the, the makeshift library, Pastor Chipita Siwale, as usual, yes. and the Elder Charles Bonta of Kawanda Baptist Church. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And so in today's uh, episode, we are discussing the issue of weddings and how weddings seem to have, they, they, they get more and more extravagant. Uh, there's a lot that goes on in weddings. Elder Bota had made a recent Facebook post that caused quite a bit of a splash <laughs> regarding the issue of modesty surrounding uh, the, the issue of weddings. Um, and anytime such issues are brought up, um, there are questions about legalism that, that come up um, and, uh, and, and, and modesty. And there's a way in which modesty can be viewed as um, the... Uh, the fashion desires of the bygone generation. We never used to do that, so that's not modesty. Um, and, uh, and, and, and legalism is anytime you bring rules of any sort in the church, like that's, that's legalism. But there has to be an objective standard that we use in understanding what modesty and legalism are. Something that, when it's brought forward, anyone within the church can look at that and say, that's modest yeah. and that's legalism. Yeah. And everyone agrees because it's an objective standard that we're measuring by. Yeah. And so how, what, how do we understand these issues? How do we define these issues so that when the discussion is moving forward, we're all in this, we're starting in the same place? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe I start because yeah, I... Yeah. The <laughs> so for those of you who might not know, um, I attended a wedding with another elder, Elder Sakuya, Alfred Sakuya over the last weekend and it was the wedding of uh, one of the young men in uh, a sister church and um, I was quite impressed, both of us with the other elder were quite impressed with what we saw because I've become used now I think in a sense to cringing when I attend <laughs> the things and some of the things that go on, some of the practices that happen. So I wrote uh, a, a brief post about it, about the fact that I was pleasantly surprised um, and uh, that I hoped or wished that this would be the kind of standard that we would have for our young people getting married or anyone who's a Christian at all in our circles and in any case getting married. So I wrote a post and I put down a number of issues that I thought were good and I thought which don't normally happen or get, or get trampled upon. And as you say, it caused a bit of a furor. <laughs> People were asking now, is this not legalism? Because some of the points are put down are like rules. And people tend to look at rules as being legalistic. And then like you said, the question I wanted to ask was, well, what is modest? You know, when you say modesty, is it your standard? Because um, we we wear jeans that are torn and it's fine by us. For you, jeans that are torn, you know, don't you have money to buy a <laughs> new pair of jeans? <laughs> so, so, the, so you're right when you say 
it ha there has to be an objective standard. And it has to be for all generations. Otherwise, what would you measure this by? And if you don't have that objective standard. <coughs> so, maybe I can kick it off and um, yeah, Pastor Suare could say one or two things. But the, the, if we start with legalism, uh, and then also we chat a bit about modesty. So legalism, I think one of the passages that's usually turned to or spoken about is in Colossians. So if I just read a bit of that for you, because it gives a little bit of background on everything, please. But Colossians chapter 2 and verse 20, the Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Colossae. And he was speaking to them because they were going off the path. They were veering off the path and he was seeking to, to um, help them get back to a biblical perspective of life. Now he's talking about salvation, but he's also talking about spiritual growth. Spiritually, mm -hmm. he's saying you're veering off the path. So in chapter 2 and verse 20, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 20, uh, onwards. He says, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you are still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations, which is what people pick up, or rules, or standards? Why do you submit to regulations? And, and he gives example of a few. Do not handle, as a regulation. Do not taste, as a regulation. Do not touch, as a regulation. <coughs> Referring to things that all perish as they are used. And it says, according to human precepts and teachings. These are regulations that human beings sort of bring up. And you are bowing down to them again and you are being enslaved by these regulations. Yeah. And he says an important point in verse 23. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion. And that's the thing. Self-made religion. That's and asceticism, that's legalism, yeah. Asceticism, asceticism is a, a straight way of life, you know, a, a, a hardness about uh, a straight way of life, you know, you deny yourself the good things. So asceticism. And then severity is the same thing, a severe life like a monk, you know, you deny yourself the good things. Uh, these have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion, asceticism and severity to the body, but they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Mm -hmm. So you have rules, like I put up in my post, you know, don't dress like this, don't dance like this, uh, don't have songs like this, uh, and those are rules. Uh, but the question would be, if one followed those rules, are they necessarily therefore a better Christian? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. You can dance properly, you can dress properly, you can have proper music, and still be committing adultery or fornication. So what is the point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's the thing about uh, legalism. Legalism is following a set of rules so that you find eternal life or salvation, or following a set of rules so that you become more spiritual. Yeah. Without thinking about the inner thing, the deeper thing, which is the inner life, yeah. what is inside. Uh, and if you don't think about inside, then you're being legalistic. Yeah. There is no point, and God that is not pleased, he doesn't see that. So maybe that's just a slight definition of what legalism would be. I don't know if you want to say something about that. Before, yeah. before, you, before you jump in on, on that, we had discussed this in a previous episode, um, but when we, when we hear rules are being put forward, uh, rules of any sort, we tend to think of rules as boundaries and restrictions, things that limit... Um, Freedoms, freedoms, and and, and creativity. Um, 
Uh, and, and so when, when, when people are reading such, such a post, they're thinking, what kind of a wedding do you want us to have? Where is the fun? Where is the joy in this? Uh, and yet, as we had discussed in the previous episode, the ocean has boundaries. Yeah. 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 But well, it's vast. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's rough. Yes. Yeah. In the yes. And so um, uh, it's, it's, it's not, it, it, it does not, rules and boundaries do not always mean that you are in a phone booth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a, it's about the structure and uh, that, that makes things productive and, and, and flourish. Yeah. And how how does that tie with with, with uh, legal legal uh, legalism and modesty? Yeah, you see, I think what the elder said is it's a poor understanding of in the term legalism. Yeah, because everywhere you go, there are rules. The, the life will not be life without no rules. The reason why yeah, yeah. yeah, we're told to drive at sixty. <laughs> it's because I rules. But me, I have a Mercedes Benz. Man, I want to feel uh, uh, how it feels to move at 180. But there are rules. That's not legalism. So we need to understand uh, those rules. And as it's been emphasized, now when I talk about legalism, it's here a man may made rules that you're following with, with a view that will be drawn closer to God or you'll be more righteous. Now, once you have that attitude, now that's legalism. Now, when it comes to modesty or in Christianity, it's what has Christ done for me? And then how does that now translate into my day-to-day life? Now, Paul writing to the Ephesians in chapter 2, Ephesians 2, he actually says to them, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. So now Paul is saying, look, here I am. A Christian, I've been saved. I'm planning a wedding. He said, in that wedding, consider those who are who belong to Christ will be present. So don't just think of me. So if it's about you, why are you inviting us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just have it alone. You get the point. So the point is this: when we talk of modesty and legalism, first of all, let's divide define the terms. <laughs> legalism uh, is you trying to follow rules to become like more like Christ, yeah. or you hoping to uh, to have salvation with yeah. efforts. Yeah. Modesty is basically being to look. There's a way in which things can be done, and these things must be first of all your testimony as a Christian, yeah. which is of paramount importance. Secondly, it has to do with you are going to invite people. Think of them. Now, this is not about no us telling you to, uh, like, uh, I know you, you start singing hymns at a wedding, and I mean, hymns are so uh, poetic and rich, I mean, I wouldn't mind having one at a wedding. But the elder attended a wedding of a young man, and he was impressed. Now, when you look at the video, it's not like they were singing hymns. Yeah. There was a lot of consideration 
about those who will be present. But then also, I think it was a true testimony yeah. of their work with the Lord. Exactly. And that was important. Yeah. That is what is important. Yes. I think I've been shipping on yes. modesty. So modesty is modesty. Moderate. I think yeah. you use yeah. the word moderate. Yeah. Moderate yourself. So it's almost like average, if you yeah. like. That's the higher end, that's the lower end. You, you must be kind of like in the middle. Yeah. Now, is don't draw attention to yourself unnecessarily for no real reason. Don't be the standout, if you like, that everybody turns their heads and says, yeah, wow, wow. So let me read a passage here which people again use about modesty. And it actually uses the word modesty. Um, although one version I think uses the word comeliness. Yeah. This is First Timothy chapter 2, which you are familiar with, where the Apostle Paul was teaching about worship. Okay, and he was saying, I want the following things to be done. The men must do this. And then he says, the women. And when it comes to women, he speaks about modesty. Interesting, he doesn't talk about the men modesty. He talks about the women modesty. <laughs> but it's because of the things that he speaks about. He says in, uh, in, in, in verse, uh, verse 9, uh, First Timothy chapter chapter 2 and verse 9. Likewise, so he's been talking about the men and lifting all their hands and praying. He says, likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel or robes, respectable dress, with modesty. Uh, in another version it says comeliness uh, and self-control. Not with, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire. Now, if you read for the exposition of this, he's not saying that you should not necessarily do these things. He says do them in moderation. Yeah. So when you are in the worship service, people are not entertained or uh, 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 distracted by your braided hair because it's out of kilt. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's not all you do when you come in worship services where now your hair is red and gold. <laughs> you know, maybe there's a place for that, perhaps. Is it the wedding place? Then do that. Is it the beach? Then do that. If it's not, then don't do that because you attract unnecessary attention to yourself. In fact, later on he says what the pastor was saying here, verse 10, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness. And then he says with good works. It's about the testimony. So, when you have your wedding, and this is how I ended my, my post, by the way, I said, when all is said and done, does the average person leave who is a non-Christian? Does he or she leave, whether they're a relative or a friend or a workmate, does he or she leave saying, wow, that was a godly impression. That's, that's how a Christian must live. That's what it means. This is what it means to be a Christian. Now, the singing of hymns at weddings, I mean, you know, it's very, very nice, but it would be a church maybe, yes, but at the reception, yeah, maybe hymns that are jazzed up, if you like, so, with a danceable tune or something, but if you're going to sing, you know, uh, at the wedding, the mighty fortress, it's our God, and then it's a wedding celebration, what are you, you know, yeah, yeah, in fact, that's the opposite way around, you're just putting people off, but the, the point here is that modesty is comeliness, it's beauty, it's attractiveness, but it's not out of kilter. Yeah. It's not too much, so much so that people then think, is this how Christians must be? Yeah. My point that I wrote, one of the points that I wrote, 
where we were discussing this modesty issue was, and I spoke about the, the, the women and the, the men. I said, for instance, the dress. I said, dress modestly. The women, in, in a number of cases, come with uh, a, a, a apparel or dress or that's, it shows, and I, I put out in my poster, the breasts are almost popping out. <laughs> when the person is dancing, you're almost waiting for the breast to pop out, kind of thing, you know. Sometimes the, 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 the bare backs, as I call it, that, so the dress is up to the bare back, so the whole bare back is shown. And, you know, it's, if you're a Christian, is this what is proper for women who profess godliness to show? Yeah. Mini skirts. Or skirts that have a slip that start from here and go right to the down, and when you're moving and dancing, all your hips are showing. I mean, is this what is proper for women who profess godliness? On the men, I said trousers, tight trousers, very tight. So the, the, the one wedding that I walked out over, I, mean, I talked about the wedding I walked out over, I didn't say the name and I won't. There was a Christian brother from our church and, and, and was married someone from somewhere else. But anyway, the men dressed up in such tight trousers, I, it was not, you know, you just couldn't, I mean, I, I left. Mm-hmm. Every told the elders, I wrote a note saying, look, I'm leaving, I, I, I can't carry on, mm-hmm. so I left. Mm-hmm. Just as this dancing, I left. Mm-hmm. But the point is, with average, with a, with a, with a moderateness, yeah. so the top is there where it's completely out. The bottom is there where you're pretending to be paupers and poor mm-hmm. and badly dressed. Mm-hmm. So just the middle line. Yeah. In any generation, just the middle line, where no one will raise a thing against God. The thing that I fashioned my post about uh, was the one that you know very well, which is First Corinthians chapter ten and verse thirty-one, eh? which I, I should imagine. Uh, I'll find it now, no? Chapter ten and verse thirty-one, which I imagine everybody should be able to quote. Yeah. But it says in everything that you do. And verse 31, in everything that you do, he says, so whether you eat or drink, and he's been talking about a number of things to do with conscience and you know legalism and but he says so so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, so it includes with do it all to the glory of God. Give no offense to anyone. So whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So if you're going to dance, will it offend? If you're going to dress up in this way, will it offend? If you're going to speak, will it offend? So that's the thing there, that moderation will never offend. Because yeah. it's, it's not offensive. It's, yeah. In fact, in terms of uh, the English definition of modesty, there's, there's comeliness, there's prettiness, there's attractiveness. It is attractive, it is nice, it is comely in appearance. It's not it's you wearing a sack to you. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah it's not. Yeah. And then the, the, the last thing I want to speak about on the modesty issue was the dance, yeah. which was, um, you know, the question was, so what kind of dance do you do? Well, there's a, a chapter that tells us about the, 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 the fruit of the flesh or the desires of the flesh or the things of the flesh. And it speaks about, one of them is the works of the flesh are plain. It's called sensual or sensuality. The King James Version puts it as lasciviousness. And if you see the definitions of those, it is something tending toward lewdness. In other words, lustfulness. In other words, the sexual. It's tending towards the sexual. And the apostle says, this should not be found amongst you are Christians. So what I said was, 
You wear a tight dress that shows all your body parts almost. Well, it's tending towards essential. You wear tight trousers that shows your body. It's tending towards essential. You dance in gyrating fashion like the rumba dancers do where the waists are twisting and wriggling. Even the wapungosh are looking down. Yeah. It's tending towards the sensual. Yeah. Now, if you're tending towards the sensual, there's no moderateness there. There's no modesty yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, before you come in, from hearing what both of you are saying, it's, it's, I, what comes to mind is the center of attention. Yeah. Right. So we are drawing attention to us rather than drawing attention to, to God. Yes. That's what I think. Getting back to what uh, about I say is the issue is if your walk with God is right, then you want to please God. You know you do. Yeah. And when you talk about moderation, that's where modesty comes from. It was saying, if someone has said, uh, when it comes to fashion as Christians, don't be the first to introduce fashion in church. Yeah. Neither should you be last. Moderation. Yeah, <laughs> so it's somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's what moderation is about. So even when you talk about dances or music, ask yourself what is extreme mm. up there that is sensual, and there that is just out of place. Mm. And when he talks, he mentioned Galatians uh, five, and when he begin from verse sixteen up to all the way verse twenty three, when he talks about the, the desires of the flesh. Mm. And one of the things in verse, in, in verse 19 of chapter 5 of Galatians is that of impurity and sensuality. Yeah, yeah. Now, seated there, planning a wedding, you can't tell us that a Friday before the wedding or a night before the wedding, you just decided, okay, this is how we dance. That's why you have. Some of them were six months before the wedding in Yesin. The choreography. Yes. Because they, they want to be the center of attraction. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a message that they want to, 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 to put across. They will not say it. But that's why we spend so many months trying to perfect. So that when you dance, you become the center of attention. Now, a wedding is, is a joyous occasion and a solemn occasion. Joyous in the sense that two people in love are coming together uh, and, and they are rejoicing and want those of us who know them, the church, who want to rejoice with them. Mm-hmm. But it's also a solemn occasion. You've made serious vows before God. Mm-hmm. Till they shall part us in sickness and in love. We also recognize that the, 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 the couple getting married, there will be a center of attack from the evil one because mm-hmm. the evil one doesn't want that marriage to work. Particularly if they are Christians, because their marriage must be a picture of the love of Christ for the church. Yeah. So we, we recognize that. Now, as we are doing that, we are saying that's why there must be that moderation. There must be joy, but there must be the seriousness it deserves. Yeah. Now, the problem with people, and particularly the younger ones, is that, you know, there are all these weddings attending of your friends who are not Christians, or the things happening in, in the world. Mm. And you tell to yourself, no, it's my day. Yeah. I need to enjoy. Mm. I have the freedom. Yes, you have the freedom. But are you ministering the gospel yeah. at your wedding? Yeah. A servant of Christ. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, the, it, it comes down to the center of attention and, and, and who, gets, who gets the glory. Um, and in the question of who gets the glory and what does all of this wedding stuff mm. point to, um, it uh, when you're asking who gets the glory, it, 
a, a presupposition of that statement is that someone will get the glory, right? And so if if if, if the requirement is when when Christians point all the glory towards God, and so when somebody comes to your wedding uh, or or comes to your home. Um, you can have all this stuff that is fancy. You can have the top chandeliers. You can have uh, tables that are uh, designed and built by the finest people in the world. But when they come to your home, it's who is the who is what are you pointing people to? Not it's not, it's not necessarily about the objects in and of themselves. It's about who who gets who gets the glory, and ultimately we should be pointing uh, pointing the glory towards towards God. But this this, this brings us to the second uh, the second issue, which is. Um, it's, it's sort of victim blaming. So at weddings, um, the, 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 the married couple, a, a frequent issue is the married couple doesn't have control over a lot of things. This is about the family. And so let's say a Christian wedding and there's alcohol being served, uh, alcohol being served, and you, uh, within a Zambian context, uh, alcohol being served, you know drunkenness is two steps down the road. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not, uh, it's, yeah. let's just have a bit of wine, yeah. there's moderation. Yeah. No. It's drunkenness. Yeah. yeah, they will even come drunk. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so there's the issue of, uh, of the, the couple doesn't have control, um, uh, which, which alleviates them of the, of the responsibility of, of, yeah. the, of, of the blame. It even applies to the dancing yeah. uh, to some extent, where the reception has happened, the married couple is already at the high table, and then the bridal party is coming in and they say, I didn't know that, uh, that they would dance like that. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm not in control. They, they, they did yeah, things. So. Yes. And so, is there, is there a sense in which um, we are blaming the victim? When we bring when we bring this discussion forward, because they don't have control. Yeah, particularly. I, I, yeah, I disagree that they don't yeah. have control, but I do agree that there are elements where they have no control. That is true. There, there are a lot of aspects of the wedding. We say or we teach that the church aspect is the church, mm-hmm. and, and there there's no discussion. It's not you can't just do what you want. There is. Rules and regulations, you come. This is the service that we do our service. Even if you call an officiating minister who is not from our, our church, he also knows generally what you do and that's what you do. So you follow that program. So that's a controlled program which you can't change. If you want to change it, well, go and marry down the road. If you change down the road where you can marry, or marry at the council. Yeah. You know, but if you come to our church, this will be. I mean, the council does have control. So, so at church, you've almost got no real control of what you want to do because it's a set of money. We teach that the reception, because the wedding is, is two people getting married, but it's two families mm-hmm. getting married. You can't run away from that, but it's also the church involved. Yeah. Eh? So there's a number of um, parties. parties involved. But we teach that the reception should really be the two families deciding how you know to celebrate and invite who they wish to invite. Mm-hmm. The parents invite their friends, the, the, the couple marrying invite their friends, mm-hmm. their siblings perhaps invite some friends or something. But it is basically their set up. So by and large, we leave that program to them. Mm-hmm. So some churches are now thinking about, and I know of two one has in fact mm-hmm. this week sent me a marriage policy, which I'll make it. <laughs> 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 um, but I'm not tending towards too many rules. You know, they want they, they want to, to they want to regulate the reception as well because they're not tired of 
all these CIs. Yeah, yeah. So they don't regulate that perception as well. But you know, we, we, we don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. At least at Colorado, we just don't want to do that. We say the reception is a family, but as you do that, these are the principles, yeah. the glory of God, as you say. Now, I say, why I say I disagree with, with that 100% is that there are aspects that, can, that will be under your control. Timekeeping might not be too much under your control. Mm -hmm. There are some issues that will be out of your, the cars may not belong to you, you may have pres the president driving up and then he holds you up so you can't even get to there. Yeah? But there are some issues that are under your control. When do you do the braiding of hair and so on for the women? That's under your control. That's under the matron's control. The dance and all that, that is really under your control. The families usually don't say, this is the kind of dance you should do. It is you as a bridal party and the two who usually say, we're going to take up this form of a dance. That is really under your control. It is you setting this up. The music is definitely under your control. There's no family member who say, no, this is just rumba. You know, he, we always not come <laughs> <laughs> It is under your control. In terms of how the program goes, under your control. the structure of the speech of the people is not under your control. You just say, Dad, you will speak, Dad, you will speak, or Uncle, and, and, and then the guest of honor, and you hope for the best. <laughs> what comes out is there, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's you know, but you don't say, bring your speech, yeah, you want to check what you're going to say. That's not under your control. The food is under your control. So there's quite a few aspects yeah. that are reasonably within your control. Even the issue of alcohol and liquor, to quite a large extent, if you're a Christian of any proper standing, is somewhat under your control. If your family knows these are your principles, and if these are breached, you will be unhappy. And if they're a loving family, they will be unhappy about not having liquor, but they will be quite happy to manage things. So that's how eventually you have people sort of hiding things in their, in their bags, because they know that you it's under your control. You don't want you and your bride are saying, no, 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 you can't, you can't. That's somewhat under your control. A guy coming drunk from your family, that's not under your control. There's nothing you can do about that. But you needed to have made the statement long before your wedding with your life in general that alcohol, me, no. Cigarette smoking, me, no. This kind of thing, me, no. When your family is getting to the wedding, they're not in shock. Like, today, yeah. why, how? Yeah. You know, we were drinking, and now, now it's a problem, yeah. you know. They needed to know, they're coming to wedding, they know. I mean, when I was getting married, my dad said the same thing, so this, these sorts of things for you, it's no go, I mean, we don't even discuss. Mm -hmm. There was nothing to talk about, because our lives were already lived in such a fashion that the families knew, uh, here we don't, here we don't, here we can, here we can move, here we can't move, here we do. So, to a large extent, the couple getting married has quite a bit of control. Mm -hmm. The matron that they choose who will have a lot of control is under their control. Mm -hmm. There's no matron who's forced on you. No. I mean, you choose the matron, the person that you are happy with. So choose a matron, like in this case, I found out in this um, wedding over the weekend, that the matron was a very strict lady. She's a member of a, 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 one of our sister churches. And she was the one who was saying they will be braiding of this type, they will be dressing of this type, they will be kind of dancing of this type, the timing will be of this type. And they chose her deliberately because, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's the one thing. She's a control, not freak, but she's a control person who wants moderation as well. So that's quite under your control. So there are aspects that you might not be able to control. That is true. But to a large extent, I think, unless you are weak, and unless you have not had a testimony coming to the wedding, 
and quite a few things should be within your control. In my post about time, I said, if you are 10 minutes late, mm -hmm. I mean, nobody's going to cry right. foul or something. You know, if you're 15 minutes late, if you're 30 minutes late, people now begin to wonder. Mm -hmm. But you can't be two hours late. Yeah. I mean, that is just yes. plain yes. sinful. You're yes. just, you know, you cannot be two hours late. I mean, how? Yeah. How? Yeah. Then, then you just you just let things go and you don't really care. Ten minutes, fifteen, yeah. There's waiting that I went to where the bridal party was early. They came quite early, and then the, the father is the one who was late and he was delayed because they didn't send it. They forgot to send the, the vehicle for him, mm -hmm. so he was late. So eventually, what happened is because I was part of the family, they asked me to hand over the date. <laughs> then the father went and spoke at the at the reception, but that's not in your control. That is, the parent was late, the pastor said, no, it's a father, it's very important, let's wait. But then it became almost one hour, and then they said, no, let's, let's just... Yeah. Yeah. But to by and large, you have enough control to bring glory to God. Um, before you jump in, uh, Pastor, yeah. there is... Um, the, 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 the brought this up in, in, in part. The control stems from who you are. Yeah. It doesn't, you, you you can't live your life as one thing and then on your way, you go, you know, uh, let, let's, uh, let's, let, let's do it this way. Um, the, the example that sort of came to my mind is in, in, by way of timekeeping. Um, if during the rehearsals you, you, you laid down the law, right? It's your wedding, right? So you lay down the law to say, time. When we say we meet for rehearsals at 14, we don't mean 14.30. Yeah. If you show up at 14.30, you know, there are, uh, you know, I will reprimand you because we are serious about this. Yeah. If you're going to be made to communicate and the like, that sets the tone yeah. uh, going forward. And so, and, and it, it also applies in another context within a work setup. Yeah. When you arrive within a work uh, situation, you quickly let them know, this is who I am. Yeah. I know a pastor who advises that the moment you arrive on a military base, when you walk into your room with a banker, you put your bag down and you throw your Bible on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're laying down the marker, this yeah. is who I am. Yeah. yeah, that way this, it makes the conversation a whole lot easier mm -hmm. going forward. Yeah. People even feel uncomfortable doing certain yeah. things around you. Yeah. And so, um, uh, is, is, is there a connection uh, there, where we are not, uh, because we are not living it out in one in one way, it's much easier for our weddings to spiral uh, out of control. That's true. I mean, uh, the bottle read First Corinthians ten thirty one. Mm -hmm. It says, whether you eat and drink, mm -hmm. and look at the freedom in whatever you do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but then there are bounds. Yeah. Do it all for your glory of God. So just in case you say, no, I'm eating moder <laughs> modestly or moderately and drinking, but say whatever you do. Now, one of the things, particularly as you chat with younger Christians, it's because they've sort of uh, uh, put compartments in their lives. So this is who I am at church, this is who I am at school, this is who I am in the community, this is who I am at home. So you are confusing non-Christians around you. They don't really know who you are. Yeah. And so when now you want to stand up for something, they just say, ah, what are you telling us? Yeah. Because there's been yeah. a lot of inconsistency. Lost the context, yeah. 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 And so that's what we need, to, we need to get to. What is my Christian life from Monday to Monday or Sunday to Sunday? Because if your parents, your relatives know who you are, 
they will not even have the courage to bring up this issue. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, beer, drinking and all those things. Because they know who you are. Mm -hmm. And it's been very clear. You are firm and fair. You respect them, but why do you disagree with them? With all the respect you can tell them. I don't like giving an example about myself, but let me give an example. When I was married, uh, I had a few relatives who didn't show up. Uh, my aunties from my mom's side wanted uh, to bring beer. And I told them no. So they had issues with me. So they called my dad. And my dad said, you know, everything you're saying, I agree. But I just have one problem. It's not my wedding. <laughs> if you can convince my son, you will have all those things. So my interview we've lost. So someone else said, I'm not going to come. If my own father knew, my father used to drink, and he asked my wife, when he comes to my home, he will not drink. If at all he goes and meets his friends, they drink, he will not come home. Because he knew I cannot disrespect my son and his wife in their home. Yeah. And he taught, he brought up, uh, he taught us to respect people's homes. We did that in his own home. But this is not like I just woke up after marrying and said all these things. Yeah. It's been my life. Yeah. 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 So even in the wedding, when he said, there's a lot of things that, in fact, the cardinal things at the reception are under the control of the couple. Yeah. And a few things we can overlook, yeah. but a number of things that are so prominent are in their control. Yeah. And they really need to ask themselves who they are yeah. as Christians. But then I've also noticed that there's this trend in where you, you now want to, to appear good to everyone. Yeah. You're like, when your, your relative says something, you're like, yeah, don't, I don't have a problem with that. My church. <laughs> yeah, you see. Yeah. Then when the church asks, you say, no, no, my parents. Yeah. Or my, my uncles. So you want to, so in that way, you're being good to the church and being good to your relative. But you just like, say that the issue is the people getting married. And as a pastor, I tell them, from when we are meeting, if you want me to officiate, I say, timekeeping. And I tell them, look, a lack of planning in your life does not create a crisis in my life. You come three hours late, we'll still finish at the time we agree. <laughs> if agreed 9 to 12, mm -hmm. you come at 10, uh, 11, 50, 12 hours we are done with the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Because set yeah, we set the standard. Yeah. And I tell people, if there's any delay, that's what God has been gracious to have cell phones. Yeah. A matron, whoever yeah. it is, can call. So, Pastor, yeah. ABCD. Exactly. And things like that. And for me, by God's grace, he was my MC at the wedding. Yeah. But as soon as we were done, everyone was saying, No, it's too early. I said, No, I'm done. Yeah, we, we are <laughs> finished. <laughs> you know, and we have to go prepare for church. Yeah. And it was all controlled. Yeah. People who came late, the family who started their eating, yeah. we said, Soon as we'll be done. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the yeah. Before I lose yeah. a very important yeah. point of where you've come yeah. from, one of the comments that came after I wrote that post from one of the youths was that when I read your post and then I saw it was this person, among our circle of friends, we said we're not surprised because this yeah. is who he is. Yeah, this is what he, he yeah. does. You yeah. don't talk about the lady, I know the lady well. But they're talking about the, the man because they wasn't right yeah. with, the, with the gentleman. Mm -hmm. They were saying, we're not surprised because <laughs> this is a conservative guy, we know. This is who he is. Yeah. In fact, if anything else had happened, yeah. he would have said, ah, what's going on? Yeah, this is not you. Yeah. So this, he had laid down the marker. Yeah. The other, but he laid down the marker. 
and they knew him for this. So when the wedding came about and they saw all these things, it didn't really register to them. When I wrote about them, they registered, ah, but that's, how, that's, how, that's who he is. Yeah. You know, he had already laid down that marker. His family knew. Fortunately, his family are Christians. Yeah. And on the lady's side, there's quite a number of Christians. Mm -hmm. But they had laid down the marker already. You're not coming to Friday, and then, uh, you know, things uh, yeah, change. things change, and uh, the, the, everybody is, uh, from the family is the same. But, uh, how how, how yeah, to you know, He laid down the marker. His father knew him. Yeah. In and out, he laid down yeah. the marker. So when you're coming to that wedding, it's not anything different. Yeah. And it's a little easier. I, I don't say it's very easy. Yeah. I mean, families are very difficult. Yes. Different families. Yeah. But it's a little easier because you always have his father. Yeah. I had like my older brother who supported me on a number of things, but I also had my dad who supported me on a number of things. Yeah. Why? Because we laid down the marker. Yeah. Then the person says, But that's who Charles is, or that's who Mansa is, or that's who Peter is, or you know, he laid down the marker. If you do anything else, you will be upsetting the tables because that's not who, who they are. You laid down the marker. Yeah, and another thing I wanted to, do, to bring up on, on the same issue is when you are marrying, uh, when, uh, uh, yes, when, when you are marrying, the, the man becomes the, the head of, of the home. In fact, strictly speaking, his leadership did not begin when he said, I do. His leadership began before. Granted, it was, it was incremental. He, you know, he was not in full control, but there, were, there, was, there was, he was leading. Yeah. From uh, should have been yeah. yes, he should have, he should have been leading yeah. before, and so uh, if you failed to lead up yeah. until the wedding, yeah. how do you show up after you're married and say, okay, no, we don't play this music no, in our home? You lost the battle. Yeah. 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 There's no, there's no consistency, there's no connection between your life uh, and the, yeah, between the, the, the life you're claiming and and, and what was there. Um, yes, the final question, the final thing. That, uh, that, uh, that, that, that we can address here is the issue of the glory here. Yeah. The, the glory goes somewhere. Um, there's a, there's, there's a, um, a writer named R.J. Rushduni who says it's, it's not whether but which. It's, it's, not, it's not whether someone will get the glory, it is who, who will get the glory. Yeah. It's, not, it's not whether you will serve someone, it's who you will be serving. Um, and so when this conversation comes up, they inevitable. Inevitable thing that comes forward is who do you expect to enjoy this way? Yeah. If, if all of this is for is, is, is for someone, if all of this is for God, how do you expect us to enjoy our own wedding? Yeah. So, genuinely, yeah. how do you expect them to enjoy their wedding when they're bringing yeah. you all this? I think if I may start, the supposition, yeah. and I think the wrong supposition is that uh, God is uh, full of asceticism, mm -hmm. so full of severity. There's no real joy. There's no real proper rejoicing. So the definition of joy and happiness and rejoicing is in one corner, mm -hmm. and God is in a different corner. You know, somebody in my area, they said, well, how do you find a Puritan? A Puritan is somebody who is always living in a constant fear that someone somewhere is having a good time. You <laughs> 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 shouldn't have a good time. Yeah. You know, so having a good time as is defined by you is like, no, that will not bring glory to God. But if you think about it, I mean, if you look at Psalm 150, 
all, most of the Psalms in any case, a lot of the Psalms, not most of them, but a lot of them. If you see how much it speaks about rejoicing and the type of it, <laughs> it's amazing. And this is from God. I mean, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary, in the heavens, for His mighty deeds. With the trumpet sound, which is very loud. Yeah. With the lute and the harp. With the tambourine and the dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with cymbals, which are... <laughs> but then he says, not just symbols, but with loud clashing symbols. He says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now, there's context about for this. I agree. But here is praise the Lord with abundance. If you see how many times the word rejoice is, or urging you to rejoice in the Bible and to leap, let the trees and the fields clap their hands and leap with joy. If you see how much rejoicing is in the scriptures, why would you think that a wedding? It's going to be um, boring mm-hmm. if you do certain things. Are we saying don't dance? No, of course not. As I said, he says there's a video for the wedding. I didn't see it, but there was some video recording there. There is. Go to the side and see the dance that they did. I said, was quite a modest dance. It was quite. It was interesting because I was expecting them to do the normal, which yeah. is first of all swing their hips and all that, coming and go back, change clothes and coming again. Thirty minutes later, we're still yeah. in the dance. But no, they came in, they did a very nice choreo- choreography there, and then they were going to their seats. He says, oh, <laughs> it was modest, it was a dance, it was a nice dance. The music, it was good music, it was good gospel Christian music, right? they played some hymns which are jazzed up, mm-hmm. but they did play some good gospel uh, songs that were, that were jazzy for, 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 for the occasion. Did they dress beautifully? Yes, they did, actually. Yeah. They looked quite handsome and quite smart. pretty, yeah, smart and, and beautiful. Yeah. But none of them were dressed in such a fashion that you were sort of looking down and wondering, yeah, yeah, you know, these are tight dresses or tight trousers or whatever. So there is joy in that. There is celebration in that. There is laughter. There is mirth. There is much eating <laughs> as well. And it brings glory to God. The Lord Jesus Christ attended a wedding at Cana. What was that, the wedding? So was wine at Cana. It's debated whether it was a colic or not. I mean, my feelings are it was. I mean, that's what they did in the day. But, and he even made it. He even said this is better wine than what we normally are used to. Yeah. Yeah. But there was dancing at the wedding, obviously, because the, 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 the Jews had this tradition. And he was there. And he was there in the glory of God. So what is this supposition that, um, you know, if we have our wedding and we are happy about it, then the glory is not going to God. No, we're happy about it. Mm. The glory is going to God because it's in moderation. It is loved and appreciated by all. Mm. I mean, similarly, maybe the last point on this one is football match. You play and you win the prize. So when you win the prize and you lift it up, is there glory to God or is there glory to you? Yeah, you win. You're the victor. So some glory comes to you. But the way that you play the game, in modesty, in proper following of the rules and so on, People are happy, people glorify God. So there's no, um, you know, there shouldn't be this misperception that the wedding must be just you arrive, get out of the car, you walk to, uh, you know, uh, pass me a gentle savior, you just walk (laughs) up to the table and then you sit. And then, you know, there's some just drug music playing and then you have food and then you go. No, it's a celebration, it's a dance. It's a song, it's happiness, it's engaging and networking with one another. And at the end of it all, after all is said and done, the non-Christians look back and say, wow, that was a good wedding. Uh, that's what a Christian should do. Yeah. 
And then glory goes to God. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. You see, the, 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 as, this, as the older said, there's this myth that when the wedding is modest, then there's no, there's no joy. Do we look unhappy? Or <laughs> 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 when you look at the video of the, couple, the, the wedding being referred to, yeah. you could see the smiles on the couple mm. and even the people in the lineup. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's this thinking that when you are indecent and doing things in an indecent way, mm. then people are happy. Now those that will be rejoicing will be oh, it's the guys that are following your body swings. <laughs> those are the ones and it's they're not rejoicing. Yeah. <laughs> they've got their own motives. <laughs> no, that's not rejoicing. That's not what they're talking about. Uh, the elders said, look at the scriptures, look at the songs. Even look at the songs of Solomon. Solomon is celebrating love. When you read that part, sometimes if you, if it if it was to be acted out, you probably think, yeah, what's Solomon saying? But there's a point in which he's saying rejoice and celebrate love. Mm. Now what you are saying is this. Christianity is a life of joy. Mm-hmm. In God's presence there's fullness of joy and God is everywhere. Mm. And the wedding is also just one of those many aspects of our Christian life that reminds us of not only God's love, but He works things in such a way that He brings these two together. And the rest of us who are married we know how God brought us and we rejoice with them. Mm. And we pray that the Lord grants them many years together. Yeah. Now, and then the, there's always this myth about the Puritans. And that's the thing, when you read the Puritans, I tell them to think our reading is very narrow. Yeah, yeah. Our Puritans, you know, sometimes Puritan, Puritan, <laughs> Puritan and love, we don't think about it. But when you, they wrote a lot about love. They rejoiced in love. They they, they, they celebrated the gift of love. Mm -hmm. Read the Puritans and you'll be amazed at how much they enjoyed life. Now, when you think of Puritanism, you tend to think, you know, they are boxed. And as you were saying, it's always a guy thinking, you know, someone is rejoicing someone. No. They are conscious of the fact that all of life is a worship. Mm -hmm. And I must worship God. Mm -hmm. Even in the way I'm rejoicing. I must worship God. Mm. And so when we are talking about that, when God receives the honor and the glory, it is a testimony of his love in you to the people around you. Mm. But it's also God who defines what joy is. He's mm. causing you to rejoice. Mm. Now, unless you are saying as a Christian, you don't live a joyous life. Yeah. That's, what, that's the implication. Mm. So that somehow at the wedding, let me get a bit of what is in the world yeah. and be happy just for that moment. Mm. So are you telling me as a Christian you have not been happy? And then it goes back to what you asked. Then we need to really question the, your Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to question your Christianity. Mm. So when Paul says whether you eat or drink, he's saying God must be the object of all that you do that he receives the honor and the glory. Mm-hmm. And a wedding, uh, just quick thoughts, a wedding is, brings not only Christians but also non-Christians. So non-Christians must be able to go saying something about the wedding, but the fact that everything from the preaching, from everything that there's something that has challenged me. Yeah, I different. Don't, mm-hmm. yeah. Because sometimes you think when you do things like the, the world, the non-Christians are impressed. 
They just say, that's what they expect. That's what happens at wedding. But when something is different, they begin to say, so why is there no alcohol here? No, they are Christians. Oh, okay. Why is there this? They are Christians. That is just simple. Now, when you, you are not firm or not clear when it comes to wedding, when you are married, don't be surprised when your non-Christian relatives are dictating what should happen in your marriage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's why I have always said three events in a Christian life where most most Christians just default to their non to to the way they were brought up or in, they, they, they they behave like non-Christians at a wedding when a child is born when someone dies you are not saying to yourself what you, what does the Bible say. But you just default, going to your default thinking, which is that of being like a non-Christian. But those are avenues, and the reason why is because those are moments in your life that God brings a number of people together, including relatives. It's like, that's an opportunity. It's like, if, for lack of a better, it's like a pente- day of Pentecost in your life. All these people from all walks of life have come. And now it's the Lord is saying, preach the gospel. How? By your life. As they come to rejoice with you, you want them to be pointed to Christ. Some of the things you never see them. Mm. And so when we say that, as I conclude, look at us, look at the older here, <laughs> look at them. We are happy with our wives. It's not, it's not like we're not, we're not happy. Watch our wedding videos. You actually see the joy that thrilled our hearts on that day. Mm. But it wasn't in a way that anyone was disgusted or anyone was stumbled. No, yeah. we were conscious of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what you said, I'm just thinking joy Joy is uh, is holistic. It's just like the Christian life. Right? It's, it's not that... It's, it, yeah, it's, it's not that specific aspects at your wedding yeah. are joy. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's not the catching of the game. No, no, it, should, it should be everywhere. Yes. It, sh- it really should be everywhere. That's what, that's what we are we're looking to live out. Our faith. We're looking to live out lives that point people to the to, to God mm-hmm. in in all things. Right. Yeah. So uh, to close it off, uh, any final thoughts? Anything that we did not touch on that you just want to? Yes. Uh, yeah, I just want to just say our comment section can handle. <laughs> 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 okay, no, I, I wanted to say the way I closed off my post. Yeah. Um, I think. Beginning to listen to this um, uh, show or, or this interview, most were wanting, can I dance? Can I cut my hair like this? Can I dress up? What should I, you know, set of rules like type of thing? And I hope that we provided a principle rather, rather than you can't wear a jersey, you know, or a pullover or a tie or whatever. Can you dance? Oh, by all means, the Bible says, you know, whatever you can you have music? By all means, can you have this? By all means, but with moderation. And then, as you leave, or as anyone leaves, especially the non Christians, because those are equations when non Christians actually come to church. In fact, in our day, that's one of the reasons why we used to have the preaching of the gospel rather than a sermon on love. Because our relatives were coming to church and a number of them had not heard the gospel before. So, and a number of them don't come to church or a good church. So we thought this is a good time. And yeah, so it would be actually the gospel of salvation, which was for some out of taste. <laughs> but for us, it was a testimony that my brother or my sister or my uncle 
who have never heard the gospel, who never heard it properly, now have a chance to actually mm -hmm. listen to the gospel in church. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I ended my, my post, when that non-Christian uncle, brother, or sister, or whoever, or friend, workmate, leaves, will they go back with the question and say, oh, because they are Christians, that's why that was done. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was joyous, but it was modest. This was lovely, the appearance was lovely, but it was modest. Yes, the music was, was uh, gospel music, it was good music. Yes, it was, the cake was lovely, you know. They, so they go back thinking, wow, that's the way we should do things. They are not it. Then we are the same, they are we all going to have So, when people leave, plan your wedding in such a way that you say, as people leave, to the best of your ability, who are planning the wedding, it should be looked back as a testimony. I mean, take the video, those of you who can, of the one that we saw on the weekend. It's a good testimony. Watch it and see every single aspect from the church service right through to the end of the closing prayer and the recession or the going out. Every aspect of it, you can't say, this is a non-Christian wedding. We shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't be doing this. Almost every aspect was joyous, but it was beautiful. And it was something to remember and look back for not look down and say oh. so that's my closing comment. Yeah uh, my, my, my thoughts will be this remember you, you spend time planning for the wedding event or the wedding the wedding day. Now depending on what happens on the wedding day it might actually take a life <laughs> your a lifetime people referring to it either negatively or positively. So Plan it in such a way that you are mindful of the fact that you are a Christian and that God must be glorified. And when you do that, with the knowledge of the scriptures, it will help you what, what to arrive at in terms of the music and also the dances. But secondly, be mindful that you are inviting people. You want people you respect, people you relate to, to be part of your wedding. And so, you ask us to be part of your wedding. When we raise concerns, you don't care. And then when we stay away, you complain. And we're telling you, look, we get stumbled. I mean, I have to, I have to open up <laughs> Joshua uh, 7. And then, uh, yesterday, 22 hours, that's when I was going home. And <laughs> all I could think of is the music and the dancing and all those things. And it just disturbs the mood of worship and to concentrate depend on what has, what has happened. So you can think through a number of these things. Approach uh, mature Christians. Ask them, this is the music you want to do. Yeah. This is what you want to do. What do you think? Would you be stumbled? How would you advise us? If you're not sure. Yeah. yeah. They, they will guide you. Because we, we are mindful that, yes, it is your day. You want to rejoice and want to rejoice with you. And Paul is saying, do nothing out of selfishness. Think of others. So, just as you have the liberty to do what you want, we also have the freedom to stay away. Yeah. But again, if we are staying away, we are not helping the situation. Yeah. Things may just be getting worse and worse and worse. So there's need to begin this talk. There's need to plan together. There's need to worship God together in all of your lives. By the way, if I may just close it off, that's very important to plan this talk. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I'll be advising the people saying in marriage policy is that we are thinking 
But how do we get to this conversation? How come it's not being had? Maybe our marriage counseling is concentrating only on the marriage itself. In other words, your relatives, how do you handle it? How do you handle money? How do you work? If you work, do you really have children? If you don't have children, what happens? If somebody dies, what, you know, you manage those instances. But there's no discussion around will your wedding be a God honoring wedding? And we are thinking that the counselor must put in an A or B, if you like, any other business, or a section which says, well, how are you going to handle your wedding? Yeah, what, what are your plans? Mm, we can give you some advice. Yes. And at that, at that point, because you are young, at that point you say, well, we intend to dance like this, or we intend to have this kind of music, or this type of dress, or whatever. The counselors could then say, well, in the setting we are, maybe consider this or that, or oh, okay, no, that seems to be alright or fine. So, one of those ways is having this conversation while we are doing the counseling leading to the wedding. So that two things are happening. You're counseling, you are rehearsing. And quite often they are not matching. Now. You're counseling here, you're talking about the wedding. But you are rehearsing in such a way that the wedding will not mean much in by way of testimony. The counseling is telling you that you must have testimony, 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 testimony. You are guessing here and it's not meaning any yeah. So we're saying the counselors maybe should say whether well, it's any other business or it's actually a section. How will you conduct your wedding? Yeah. What will you do? Is there anything that we can help with in terms of principle? Yeah. Now, thank you very much for uh, joining us for this episode of the Water. This has been uh, coffee in the library. We had to shoot an emergency, <laughs> <laughs> emergency episode of sorts. We just want to talk about this this issue of uh, of weddings. It is quite the serious and hot button issue, but but it's also a relevant issue. We are um, we are not just discussing this for the sake of, of views or cloud or something like that. It's that we believe that the Christian testimony should be consistent. Throughout, it's, it's something that should be lived out in every aspect of life. It, joy, as we spoke about, is not something that you do at, on different occasions. It's not. Um, uh, it's not that the joy begins when you bring bread to your home. The joy doesn't begin when the food is served. Yeah. <laughs> the joy should begin when they when they literally come into yeah. the gates yeah. up until the point when they leave. The joy they should leave the joy yeah. in your home because this is this is what we do. And so we hope it was beneficial. And if it was, uh, please. Share this video with um, uh, anyone you think might uh, uh, might enjoy it and appreciate it. People who are looking to get married, sit down, discuss this with your marriage partner. Um, send it to your counselor, find out what they think. Counselor, send this to those who you are counseling. Parents, discuss this with your children. These are real issues. Our testimony as Christians is on the line. <laughs> God's glory isn't, but our testimony is. And so we hope that this will be beneficial. Thank you very much. See you. Thank you.